All right, uh, it is time for Philip Malloy on Movies and Television. Philip, Philip welcome to the Thank program. Thank you, Shosha. And we're deep- I like that sting, don't you? Oh, yeah. yeah and I'm deeply indebted. We're deeply, both of us, uh, having a, a supporter like Omniplex Cinemas is really brilliant. Now, um, just before you go anywhere, yeah. the single most important thing for me is the return of the good wife. Okay. It trumps everything. Okay. Well, coming back to it, more four. It's, it's coming back to more four, and it's what else is it on? It's is it which RT two is on? Is it? Yeah, but I'm not yeah, sure when it comes okay, down. Okay, no, it's on more four first anyway. Yeah, and that's it starts again um, on more. And we had a question about this a couple of weeks ago, and I said it was it would be later in the year, but it's definitely not. Um, it's tomorrow night more four. And it's the what 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 has happened is there's this tendency in the states now uh, to divide up series to um, show you a bit of a series and then have a break and then show you more. Now with um, with uh, the Good Wife, the Good Wife is a network show. In other words, it's not on one of the cable. Uh, oh, I uh, see. I see. So it's a network show, and they tend to run longer than the others. In this case, if you look back over the sort of history of uh, the Good Wife, you'll find that they generally run for twenty-two programs. Now, what they've done in the states is they've run for twelve till uh, coming towards the end of January. They're having a break until into March, and then they'll show the next ten. Ah. So, but uh, but as I say, anyway, that's just an explanation. As I say. What's happening is it starts on more four uh, tomorrow night. Uh, presumably, we'll get the full run of it now. So Irish people uh, will will be able to see a full five months of. Yeah. Um, the, the, the interesting thing, of course, like which is a great uh, sort of, I think, risk by 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 the kind of uh, uh, um, directors and so on, and yeah. particularly a challenge then yeah. for the screener. When you knock off um, you, a key cast member, yeah. you are taking a risk. Oh, and yeah, then yeah, yeah. when when you have the other thing they did, like was having competing uh, uh, law practices and so on, yeah. they've handled it extraordinarily no, they have, well. But they still have the competing law practices. Oh, I know. And Christine Bransky is still there as the uh, as the head, as one of the heads, one of the founders with the Josh Charles characters character, one of the founders of the May, yeah. of the first um, law firm. She's yeah. she's halfway between two. She's she yeah. hasn't fully joined uh, the the other. But one as yet. long as. Uh, the investigator is in it. Mm. Archie Punjabi. Well, the, the, I'm happy. Yeah. Well, the thing about her, I, as I said to you, I, I think we t- we must have discussed this before. Uh, Fox. We we we've generally said over the years that the cast in this is so good that at least four four of them and possibly even six of them deserve their own series. Yes. And what has happened is that Fox Television is developing a series for Archie Punjabi. Oh right, so, okay. Um, so maybe maybe this would be our last. Now uh, there there is a lot of um, dispute amongst historians, yeah. uh, which I'll talk about in a minute. Okay. Uh, I'll talk about the facts, and you talk about the fiction. Yeah. In Wolf Hall, yes. How did you find it? Oh, I loved it. Absolutely loved it, and uh, it's so well done, George. I have to say. Had you read the book? I had read the first book. I didn't read Bringing Up the Dead. I had read Wolf Hall, and the, the first episode is pretty much like the uh, the beginning um, uh, of the book, and it's written for television by this guy called Peter Strawn. And Peter Strawn, um, his, his I suppose up to now his greatest achievement was Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. It starts off in uh, 1958. Or sorry. Uh, 1528 uh, and uh, it moves back and forth then in time and 
it basically okay you know, it's about as I said to you last week the whole story is done that and that's why it's different and it comes across as different as well George it, it tells the story from Thomas Cromwell's point of view um, Thomas Cromwell was a blacksmith's son who basically rose to the ranks he was in the uh, in parliament for a while but eventually he became first minister to um, Henry VIII and uh, what it does is is it actually goes back in time uh, back and forth in time it gives you a sense a really strong sense of period uh, the Archbishop of Canterbury is played by the great Jonathan Price remember Jonathan you know, oh wonderfully but I, the other thing is it, it, like the actually film and candlelight and everything apparently no, no, I, yeah, they use what they call natural light yeah, yeah. yeah. and that was kind of uh, pioneered by a movie made in this country remember Kubrick's Barry Lyndon yeah well that was very one of the first uh, seri- one of the first uh, movies to use natural light in, in that okay. way okay just and, and uh, could I just say about yeah. that natural light it actually gives oh it gives the scenes a great look a kind of warm look uh, that you wouldn't get otherwise, I right. think. The, the, um, the Professor David Starkey, a noted historian yeah. in Britain, he thinks that uh, the, the the writer of the books on which it is based, Hilary Mantel. Mantel, it's all codswallop, according to him. No, but it is fiction. Yeah. I mean, it is fiction based on fact. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. of course, he's a noted grump now, you know. He's one of the Olympic champion grumps. So yeah. <laughs> don't say anything you know. <laughs> All right. I'm really interested. So to could, see, yeah? Yeah, could I just say, could I just say about what, what happened, coming towards the end anyway, Anne Boleyn comes into it. And Henry, at the very end, the very final sequence, he comes into it. And there's a, a hab- one of the things about Cromwell is that he has a, a sharp tongue. And he doesn't hold it. So there's really good, lively, sort of rich dialogue. Mm-hmm. And there's a final s- scene in it between him and Henry where they actually meet. For final the, scene of the first episode. Of the first episode where they meet for the first time. And, of course, Henry and Henry has this great memory and recalls when Cromwell was in Parliament, how he had been dismissive and critical of the Tudor court. And uh, so it ended very well. And now the second part is on tonight. Just to okay. No, you. I know. I have to be home. Yeah. I've been told I have to be home. Did you see the first series? I see did, of course. I should have lovely Ingrid yeah. dragged me by the hair of the head to Excellent. watch it. A woman of taste. You've finally seen uh, Selma? I finally seen Selma. Yeah, you asked me uh, when we were talking about the Oscar movies a few weeks ago. Um, you asked me about it, and I saw it on Monday. And um, as you know, it's um, it's it's set um, over a period of a few months in 1964. Um, John Kennedy had been killed in what was in November 1963, and uh, Lyndon Johnson is now in the White House. He's the uh, he, he has taken over as the president. And and uh, okay, the way the way it starts is that um, he's president, and he wants to implement what we, what is explained, what the movie explains as an anti-poverty program, whereas the uh, the Christian uh, Martin Luther King's Southern Christian Leadership Conference, which is basically a conference of clergymen, um, they want uh, they they want the um, the Civil Rights Act, the Voting Rights Act, um, implemented. So there's a collision all the way through it. Now this 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 script uh, was written by uh, an English screenwriter called Paul Webb as far back as 2007, um, and eventually uh, this uh, this 
this African American filmmaker called Ava DuVernay. She uh, she got the script and she believed that it was slanted towards Johnson in telling the civil rights story. And she said that she didn't want a, a white savior film. She wanted to tell the story of the people of Selma. Well, I don't think she does that. Now, to be fair, even though I liked the movie, I think she tells the story of Martin Luther King. That's what it is. Uh, the thing now is slanted towards Martin Luther King. And uh, Johnson but, but, Johnson um, um, doesn't come across that well. Well, that's a shame yeah. because, in fact, Kennedy talked yeah. civil rights yeah. Johnson, Johnson did, did it. absolutely, yeah, and, yeah. and you cannot, you cannot take LBJ no. out no. of that civil like without, without King there, there, there's, there's and four, Johnson. Yeah, there's four um, great books by the way, George, uh, by a guy called Robert A. Carroll, uh, which is a kind of extended um, biography of Lyndon Johnson's. I, I like this. I read the first one, and I'm just on the fourth one now. And uh, so, so I've read one and four. I haven't read the ones in between. Um, but they're, they're full of – and now they're quite sympathetic towards uh, Johnson, but they're full of detail. And one of the things that um, that they deal with and this doesn't deal with um, is this famous 54-day filibuster in Congress um, in which the uh, the southern senators basically tried to stop using any means possible, as they said, tried to stop the That's use right. of a right act, act going through. And uh, he fought that. And he was famous, as you know, uh, for bobbing and weaving. He was famous for what he he was. A, he was a former House Majority Leader. He was a former Senate Majority Leader. And so he knew all the ways it would be used. He knew the ways to use uh, the, the bully pulpit and all this kind of stuff. And he knew how to get legislation through the Senate. But and it, he was he was doing that all this time. He was. But the thing about like the movie's called Selma. Yeah. Now, the thing about Selma for for people who are interested yeah. in that period okay. Okay. was the march yeah. and the attack on the black marchers yeah. by the state police yeah. and so on. Yeah. How well is that done? Well, okay, could I just refer to some of the things I really liked about it? And okay. it'll, sum, it'll sum it up. There's an early sequence in which this elderly civil rights activist, a woman called, she's a real woman called Anna Lee Cooper, and she's played uh, by Oprah Winfrey. And Oprah Winfrey, by the way, is one of the producers of the movie. And she attempts to register uh, to vote. Technically, at that stage, people were, uh, black people were allowed to vote or had the right to vote, but they were thwarted at every hand's turn by the sort of white officials. And okay, she submits, she goes to this um, uh, registration office, she submits her papers uh, to this white official, and he asks her, the first thing he asks her is to recite the prologue to the Constitution. And she starts into the prologue of the Constitution. And then he says to her, how many county uh, court judges um, are there in Alabama? And she says, 67. And like that, he says, name them. And the whole thing is dead. The whole thing is she's no chance. She's gone. Well, exactly. They would. You had. They had. The blacks would have to pass like a reading test, or yeah. and they give them a spelling test. They'd ask the white fella spell cat, yeah. and they'd ask the black person to spell supercalifragilistic. You know. And so they, at every hand's turn, yeah. they 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 got in the way of voter yeah. registration. Okay, that, that was one thing that that was really impressive. Then there's this just a great sequence in it at three, half three, I think. It is in the morning. He's really tortured uh, about uh, the way people are being treated. Uh, this is Martin Luther King and he's up late and he rings. Remember, do you remember Mahalia Jackson? 
He rings Mahalia Jackson, who is this great um, 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 gospel singer. He rings her in the middle of the night and he says uh, that he, he, he wants to hear the voice of the Lord. So she actually starts to sing to him down the phone. You know, now, I don't know if that happened or not, but it, it was inc- it's incredibly uh, well done. Now, he's generally presented as as a moderate, as a, a low key sort of figure. But there's a. Uh, there's a sequence in it where um, this young boy, this young activist called Jimmy Lee Jackson has been murdered by several white tugs. And um, so he's officiating at the funeral and he really loses it. He absolutely loses it. He's furious, absolutely furious at the way these, this kid has been treated. And it comes across this absolutely powerful stuff. Uh, the lead actor, David Oyelowo, is wonderful in that. Then, uh, but that, then, as you, you've already referred to it, the real sort of heart, heart-rending um, part of the whole thing is the marches. Okay, there's, there's, there's three marches, essentially. Um, the first two are failures and the third one works. And they basically are marches, the 50 miles from Selma uh, to Montgomery, which is the county seat, or the, the, the state capital. And, um, and, and the first one, which is, is absolutely appalling. The first one, they're, 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 the marchers are going over this bridge out of town, out of Selma. Uh, and basically, uh, they're told to stop by the, the cops. They refuse to they continue. And then the cops uh, attack him. And they use whips and they use nightsticks and they gallop at him on horses and they beat him to a pulp on the, on the ground. And it, they actually treat him like animals. And, and it's, it's really, really effectively done, I have to say. Extremely well done. And it, it does a lot, I think, for the movie. Otherwise, um, I'd just like to say that David Ayaleu as king, he's very, very good. He's a really good ensemble cast in it and there's a woman called Car- Carmen Ejego who plays his wife Karata Scott King and she's she's gorgeous and she's really uh, she, she underplays again and uh, there's a great scene between the two of them and now it's the only reference to his affairs but it's a great scene where she actually asks him about the others as she called him do you love me Martin and what about the others and it sort of develops he he, he he can't speak for it because he didn't know that she knew. All right. And, uh, but it uh, comes across really so, well. So, um, the, the and it's not opening, by the way, till Friday week, but I have to say I really I was impressed with it. What else have you got opening? Well, this week then there's a film called Superhero 6. Now, one of the uh, the things we talked about before is is um, is the fact that uh, Disney uh, acquired Marvel Entertainment in whatever it was, two thousand and nine, and since then they've made absolute okay. In in two thousand and eight, they 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 launched with uh, Iron Man, and between now and two thousand and eight, and Iron Man, they've they've uh, actually made. 18 live action superhero movies based on Marvel characters. They've also gone into television and now uh, with this one they're into um, um, animation I suppose full scale animation. And this is a a story that's set in, in this kind of mixed I suppose a mixed background type city which is basically based on San Francisco and uh, it's about this young fella who's a a prodigy. He's a a computer prodigy. And what happens is his brother is killed um, and um, the brother has basically has been trying to wean him off the street. He's been trying to show him that there's better and more positive opportunities for a young fella out there. The brother is killed and uh, 
he resents it. So what happens is the young fella basically sets up this group uh, of his friends and they're all prodigies and they call them Superhero Six. And what they use is they use this uh, inflatable, this this uh, cuddly kind of nursing droid with inflatable skin called Baymatch. And th- th- this Baymatch works with the six kids to find out who killed the brother. It's, it's a more sort of complicated script than you generally get in these animated series. And it's probably not as, as stylish um, as, say, the best of the Pixar films like Up or, um, or some of it those. It lost me about 10 minutes ago. But, or some of those. But it's, it's very, very good. It's very entertaining. Right. And it's the kind of uh, animated movie that... Um, uh, appeals both to can, young, youngsters and to adults. Can you dismiss Son of a Gun in two sentences? Son of a Gun in two... How do you know? How, oh, yeah, sorry. Obviously, you're looking at that. Uh, it's this Australian um, hybrid of a prison escape movie, heist story, and cross and double cross crime picture that never seems to have enough, I think, invention to sustain itself in any one direction. So, also out this week are Paul Thomas Anderson's new one, uh, Inherent Vice, with Joachim Phoenix and Josh Brolin, Owen Wilson, Reese Witherspoon. Haven't seen it yet. I'll see it tomorrow. And also Kingsman, the uh, Secret Service. Both of those I'll review in detail on the picture show on. Saturday night. Johnny Depp, you think he's done for? Well, I I think it's looking, it's not looking good, George, at the moment. Okay. um, A a movie called Mordecai, in which he plays this um, this, uh, eccentric art expert, uh, basically uh, looking for a painting that seems to have been stolen. He's he's an art dealer, and it opened, it cost about 60 million, and it opened in the States, and and in fact, it opened throughout the world um, at the weekend. And in its worldwide box office uh, over the weekend was 9.3 million on a movie that cost 60 million. And this comes on then after uh, The Lone Ranger, and Transcendence, both big flops, bigger, much bigger flops than Mordecai. And uh, he has, he's in, um, he's in Into the Woods. Uh, he plays the big bad wolf in it, uh, but it's just a cameo. So these are the movies that you're going to be um, uh, judging him on. And uh, so what he's done is um, he's gone back to the franchise kind of titles. He's doing um, a follow-up to um, Alice in Wonderland. And he's also doing, I think it's the fifth Pirates of the Caribbean movie. The problem is that they won't be out till 2016 and 2017. Uh, and he may be kind of wiped off the map by then. So, Fortitude is starting tomorrow night. Yeah, I, Apparently seen, it spends hours and hours in the snowy scapes that, or something. That, that's it? right. Actually, the, the location um, is very impressive, I think. It, it, this drama set against a, a, a cold, snowy, as you say, almost bare um, uh, background. I've seen the first two episodes runs for 11 um, hours it's what they call Nordic Nor and it's set in this um this 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 place called Fortitude, which is an, an Arctic colony, and it has a population of seven hundred and thirteen people. And one people, this one person says, they're surrounded by uh, two thousand polar bears at one stage. Anyway, they've no crime and no substantial crime until the body of this academic um, is found, and uh, uh, is found, and it looks like he's been mauled to death. And uh, so the 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 thing looks like he he was actually killed by a polar bear until this cranky doctor at the local hospital examines his body and says. 
this guy was murdered. Now, the governor of Fortitude um, has been promoting the area uh, for a, a hotel kind of development built on the glacier and uh, uh, doesn't want to scare off um, inventor, investors. Uh, the sheriff wants uh, to play down the prospect of a murder for his own reasons and a whole variety of other storylines start to come together. Um, it's a bit sort of confusing, I think, at the end of the second episode. But uh, generally speaking, it works and carries itself really well. And Michael Gambon is in Michael it. Gambon. Who's Michael the, Gambon? What's yeah, he? The, the problem is, well, he's a he's, he's a delirious. Um, he's a guy who basically is an old guy who's losing his sanity uh, because he actually thinks he saw... What, what the, the series opens with him walking along the seafront and um, he, he basically sees this man wrestling with a, a, a polar bear and he shoots at the polar bear and kills the man. Uh, so he, he finds it difficult to, um, to get over that. And um, so it, it, there's several other actually um, big names in it, but they're all uh, based in kind of guest star roles, George. Well, we have an Irishman, haven't we? Uh, well, there's the, you're talking about John Conroy, the director of yeah. photography. Yeah. yeah, now this is really interesting. As, as you know, in my day, I yes. used to do the catering. Yeah, yeah. There was a famous guy, started yes. as an electrician, Conroy. became a lighting cameraman, yeah. called Jack Conroy. Conroy yeah, is yeah. this son of I, Jack? I, it it I sounds like it's the same name, obviously. Yeah. So yeah. it sounds like it could be his son. That's really interesting because Jack became lighting cameraman. Got, was, Jack would have been in every famous movie shot in Ireland yeah. between. Dur- during, a, during a quite sort of pioneering kind of period. Oh, Oh, you know, wasn't the, you know, projects yeah. wouldn't have been thrown at them. They had no, to kind no. of work for them. You know. Uh, now they're also um, some of the episodes were edited by an Irish film editor, Stephen O'Connell. Somebody suggested. Oh, that's really interesting. I'm delighted to hear that the criticisms of uh, Sniper are coming in thick and fast. <laughs> so American Sniper, terrible movie. You know, totally disagree with you. It's Who is a that? dull movie. Some of the oh, acting is atrocious, especially the bar scene at the start of the movie. Uh, Who's the, that? A listener. Just a listener. No, well, no a listener it. will do. And then uh, the Sunday Times says it may well kill the, off the, the world the, the, war the, movies. The, the, so the problem is, you quote the Sunday Times and the Daily Telegraph to me on this program all the time, yeah. and they just don't have a film critic. Okay. They don't. Who who's the Sunday Times film? I don't want to. I don't care. Yeah. No one no, okay. forget. All right. On. Anyway, uh, by the way, listen, uh, George and Philip. My dad is a fa- big fan. Could you say anything to convince him to watch Boardwalk Empire? He refuses to believe it's any good. Well, the, the thing is that it's it's gone for a start. Yeah. Okay. Well, they so you find it somewhere. You, you find it somewhere. You get a box set. Um, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure it's on Netflix, is it? Did you see it on Netflix? Did you say? No. Okay. That um, isn't to say it's not there, but I didn't see it on but, Netflix. But what, what we would suggest is maybe have a look at the first three or four episodes. Yeah. And obviously, if, he, if that doesn't. Kind of appeal to I, them, well then just cast it aside you have to like it's really interesting I think that um, there are there's, again there are certain kind of confusions in it you yeah, know yeah. but the great thing about Boardwalk Empire I think is the attention to period well, detail there's attention to period the detail some of the characters not Nucky the main character he's, yeah. a, he's, he's, a, he's a well-rounded sort of character yeah. and uh, uh, there's that and and 
the time period and the way the politics and the events of the time are worked into the stories, that, that that's good as no, well. No, no, I think Boardwalk Empire, I mean, I'm glad they're not talking about Game of Thrones, but Boardwalk <laughs> Empire uh, is fantastic. I, I don't know how you can criticize Game of Thrones because yeah. you've never seen it. No, I've never seen it. Yeah. You could also tell your dad to watch Blue Bloods, of course, which oh, is a wonderful series. Yes. It's the first television series in history where a moustache plays the leading role. <laughs> Do you not think your man's moustache... Tom, uh, Tom, Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck. That he actually acts with his moustache. Well, that's a... He, he act, did he have a... When he was on Magnum, did he have a moustache? I don't know, but, but he acts with his moustache. His yeah. moustache, he kind of can do sad... Joyful, everything, yeah. and then the Sunday dinners are great. Yeah, they bring back well, Sunday. They lunch. bring back the Waltons. That's what they bring back. <laughs> now, um, the the uh, what's the Star Movies query from a listener? There's a um, a listener there, Danny Roach, and he wants to know the exact opening date, as he puts it, for Star Wars Seven. That's the Force Awakens. Um, and the ex- uh, and he also asks, is it in 3D? And yes, Danny, it's in 3D, but I imagine you'll be able to see it in the, the, the 2D formula or format as well. And it's out uh, uh, a week before Christmas. That's the 18th of December. Um, this is supposed, generally speaking, uh, this year, 2015, is supposed to be a huge year at the cinema with um, all kinds of new movies. And the year will end with a Star Wars, George. And this this Star Wars is the um, the start of the third trilogy of Star Wars movies, if you get me. All right. So, okay. Ryan Conroy. They are father and son, my granddad and dad. John Conroy is Ryan's dad. Uh, John Conroy was also nominated for a BAFTA. Well, that's fantastic. Excellent, excellent. I hope granddad, this is different, but I hope granddad is in good health. I haven't talked to Jack Conroy for a long time. The electricians, interestingly, in the movie industry were always alone to themselves. Oh, were they? Oh, yeah. They had a union. A, a union, very strong. Uh, you know, across film, like American, yeah. British... Yeah. Irish, the, the electricians. But were. he went on to be a full DP, lighting, lighting director primarily, yeah. lighting cameraman. I yeah. think is the phrase. Yeah, well, um, um, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, what? Give me a, give me a plug for Saturday night on the picture show. Well, um, uh, okay, we we have um, this guy called um, I was going to say Don Conroy. We have the director basically of of Superhero Six. You're calling it Big Hero Six now, is that what I'm? Well, whatever I'm it told. is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we have the uh, the director of that, and he's very very interesting about its background and how he discovered it and um, how they made it. Um, uh, so and there's tr- I believe three or four other really interesting elements as well. So. All right. It's okay. the the picture show at um, just after six o'clock on uh, Saturday.